0: (laughs) ¶¶ 100th episode interview. I'm Alistair Burnham.
1: And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham.
0: And today we have a special guest who is a director and editor who also makes our favorite shark movies, Misty Tally. Thanks for being on the show, Misty. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited to be on the show. Today we will have some questions about your movies and just about you. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this came together because, you know, it's it's our 100th episode for our 50th episode. We did like a live show, which was really oh wild. God. And we wanted to do something big and then quarantine. And, <laughs> and well, <I'm>
2: <laughs>
1: What do you do? So uh, when we were wandering around taking one of our rare walks, we started pitching around ideas. And we don't really ever have people on the show. Um, we started the show when Al was four. So having Cause guests because of sharks yeah well Sharknado. that's worth mentioning too yeah. oh yeah and the show started with sharks so then it made sense when i said why don't we see if misty'll do the show yeah. with us <laughs> you know start with sharks 100 yeah. sharks mm-hmm.
3: 100 episodes is a big deal that's amazing
1: yeah it's wild al do you even remember recording in the beginning no <laughs> wow I, I imagine no oh, i mean wow
2: <laughs> that's something else
1: I mean, we started it when he was four, and all this stuff was going on. We were working on a monster movie at the time. Do you even remember that?
0: Yeah. Yeah? I remember the one part I was in sitting on a couch.
1: That's... Okay. He was very (laughs) angry that day, because I was like, you can come work on this monster movie, but it's like a stoner monster comedy that a friend was making. And so then we had Al on for a day shoot, which was just the one scene that he could be in, because there wasn't swearing and drug use and all this stuff. And so then... He ends up sitting on a couch for about five minutes. And then we're like, okay, that's a wrap. He was like, I want to be in
0: more of the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. You got some questions? Yep. Let's dive into them.
0: Number one. When did you start getting into making movies? Oh, good question. I got into making movies in
3: 2008, right after I got out of college. Um, I went to college, not for movies, but for um, fine art. I wanted to do video installation art. So I'd learned video editing software, um, but there's not a lot of money in video installation art. (laughs) And it was very hard to get off the ground. So, but there was, I mean, just by chance, a post-production house that had just opened in, um, the city I was living in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I had some friends working there and they were like, well, you know, the software that the assistant editor would need to know. So why don't you apply? And so that was my first job in film right out of college, a couple, well, like a year out of college and worked for them for a while. And just, they did TV monster movies. My very first one was one called monster wolf. Uh, very first movie I ever worked on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that in the IMDB and I was like, man, I'm missing so much. There's so much of the Misty Tally filmography that I need to get on immediately.
3: Monster Wolf is something else. Um, there was a time early on whenever I was in film where the producers wanted everything to be a combination of a monster movie and also a disaster film because monster movies were sold well in the United States and disaster movies sold well overseas. So they were like, well, what if like the monster wolf turns into lightning?
2: Whoa.
3: Oh, <laughs> <What if> it- God. <laughs> So he, like, explodes a helicopter by turning into lightning and thing. It's insane. I highly recommend it. Oh, Monster that's amazing. <laughs> is, uh,
1: That is
0: amazing.
1: Was Jason London in that one?
0: Yeah, he was. He was.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's how I stumbled across it. And then when I saw your name attached to it in the editing, I was like, oh, man, like, where, why did I miss this? And, of course, that would have been, you said, 2008. But really, my time for watching... Especially sci-fi movies, like, was it more like the mid-90s when I was growing up? You know, like, that was my diet. Fudge Pops and (laughs) Sci-Fi Channel.
0: Speaking of Jason London, Dad told me he wrote this. Jason London as Jason London in Mississippi River Sharks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jason London as not Jason London in Zombie Shark. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were, because I reviewed the, the Sharkbait collection for Film Monthly. A site that oh. I write for. And then I would. we were looking at it the other night and I was chuckling. I was like, that's a silly gag because I just had the pictures of Jason London. But
0: and Al I liked it. I get why in Mississippi River Sharks, he said that Zombie Shark doesn't count since he's not Jason London as a Jason London. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Jason London as not Jason London.
3: Yeah, he's a, he's somebody else in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's so funny, he's very nice. he lives in Mississippi, so we work with him all the time huh. and he's a good friend yeah
1: and he's so good in Mississippi river sharks that I said to my wife when we were watching it the other night I was I said, you know, I hate to dismiss the like genuine mainstream cinema that he's been a part of, but I think he may be best in this of all the things he's so he, funny he's in it
3: funny. he he had a really good time on set too. Like so many of the ideas that went into the character were his ideas because he mm. thought it was so funny to,
2: um,
3: the to be meta and like like play himself playing an action hero. He he loved it. like he was like, what if I wore eyeliner? What if I wore a leather, a leather jacket and just shoes like this? He's like, I'm gonna bring my own clothes. He had like <laughs> he like designed himself. It was great, it, and it, they were all hilarious ideas. He that was like a really good time.
0: This is. Can I tell you my favorite line from Mississippi River Sharks? What is it? I don't remember the first part of the line, but today we have a special guest or something, Jason London, who is in all of the shark bite movies. Jason London says, one, two, four, five, and six. The ones that count. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly the line you're talking about, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I proposed in, in my review, I was like, I want to see the rest of the movies. Like, I want to see the Shark Bite movies. I want to see Nark Sharks. We need to yeah. get Jason London as a part of all of that. And oh, your Chromebook <laughs> went black on you. <laughs> see, Al's all high tech for this. Like, he's got a new Chromebook for school because they're oh. doing remote second grade during all of this. What so a trip.
3: You guys got a whole setup. I love it. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know we're super high tech because I bought a new webcam and yeah, I mean, we got a whole space now. Yeah. We didn't, we used to record okay. on a, like a 1970s TV tray that you'd eat like a TV oh, yeah. dinner on. It's like really yeah. rickety old, like golden brown with like faux I wood broke? paneling. Until oh, yeah. Al broke it. Yeah. Forced us to be a little classier, just yeah. slightly. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> they tried to that. get on top of it. Oh. <laughs> And it literally fell on top of me. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> so what else you got, man? I see you got a lot of questions, and we'll get through as many as we can. I told yeah. Al at some point, because he just kept going and going with more and more questions. It's like, at some point, we'll just tell Misty, you know, you can go to bed, I suppose.
0: <laughs> <But Okay.
1: laughs> we'll get through a, through some more, huh? What do yeah. you got, man?
0: We got... Did you get into shark movies because you like sharks and sea animals? I... Okay, so...
3: Not, that's not why I got into them, but I was very glad to, that that was the sort of movie that I ended up directing. Um, so I, at the time that I started working, there was a big push for um, monster movies, um, and there was like a boom of it. So I was getting hired to edit a lot of monster movies, and then after Sharknado took off, then all the monster movies became all shark movies. Um, which I always thought was a blast. So they were like my favorite ones to edit. And then I, I made a short film that I directed, not about sharks at all. And, <laughs> and it did really well. And it went to a really big film festival, uh, the Cannes Film Festival. And so I, after that, all of the producers that I work with were like, they didn't know that I directed. And they were like, well, you know, we trust you. <laughs> and it's really hard to find directors for these movies. So do you want to give it a shot? Um, and so that's how I ended up getting hired to direct shark movies. And then once you do one, they're very hard to make shark movies. <laughs> and so once you prove yourself able to make a shark movie, you get hired to make more shark movies, I learned.
2: Let's
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. well, see. And to me, like as a filmmaker you know and and it always boggles my students' minds because I'll tell them, yeah, I've got this you know these horror movies that I want to make, and I want to make like really high concept you know thoughtful horror movies, and I want to make t v movies like I have those two two goals, and so to hear that it's hard to get people to to find people to direct these movies, that's shocking to me, I don't know
3: well, I think it's more of the uh can they find people they trust can do it because it's mm-hmm. very hard as <laughs> it's like a 12 day shoot normally and all action, there's like a requirement for how much action is in it. And so uh, it's a serious time crunch. And so I think it's more of like, they, they really avoided directors that hadn't done it before.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but since I'd edited so many, uh, it put me in a position where they were like, well, if you've edited them, you know them and you know, you'll do well at planning them. Um, and there are people that I'd known for years. So they, I think they felt confident in me, but I think it's more of like a definitely people want to do it. But, um. <laughs> 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 Oh, but I did want to answer. Cause there's another part, another answer to that question Al. because I did, whenever I was growing up, I very much wanted to be a paleontologist and I was obsessed with dinosaurs like crazy, and then I went to go see the movie Jurassic Park in theaters on the day it came out in uh, when I was like in the fourth grade. And I went in, and I was like, wanted to be a paleontologist. And then I watched the movie, and I left the theater, and I wanted to make movies instead. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Jurassic Park so much, and sharks too because they're dinosaurs, you know. So. I've always loved monsters. Just my whole life I've loved monsters and the idea of monsters. Um, So I think that's one of the reasons why I really, really love making shark movies so much. So I do love sharks very much.
1: (laughs) I also think I was in fourth grade when that came out.
3: I was so excited for it. Oh my gosh, I remember, because at that point it was the sort of thing where it was like just uh, trailers on the TV all the time. and so. I would see them constantly and I'd ask my mom like, how many days until we can go see Jurassic Park? And it was, (laughs) it felt like it took an entire year, but I'd ask every single day, like when I woke up in the morning, (laughs) how many more days till Jurassic
0: Park?
1: (laughs) What else you got there, bud?
0: Wait, the other question? Yeah, keep going, keep going. Um,
1: You get the, see, you got to get the rhythm down, you know, it's your first interview, but there's kind of then like a pause and then you go, all right, well, you know, and you move on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many movies did you edit, direct, or work on? Were all or most of your movies shark or marine horror movies?
3: Good question. So I've directed four feature length films and those that I directed, those are all shark movies. I've edited about two dozen. I'd say maybe maybe like thirty. I've edited about thirty movies, and a lot of them early on were shark and monster movies. And then, um, well, when I say edited, some of them my assistant edited that I worked on in editorial. I'll say that. (laughs) And um, some of them were horror movies, and um, some of them were like independent films. So it was kind of a mix. Uh, But early on in my career, it was all monster and shark stuff. And then in the last two years, there's been a big shift to Christmas movies. And so those are the new shark movies right now, (laughs) unfortunately.
1: (laughs) See, I was just telling my students that, too. They were like they were saying something about the Christmas movies. And I was like, you don't understand. Like the people who were making this like the sleazy sci-fi movies that I was watching as a kid they're all making Christmas movies for lifetime now.
3: That's
2: yes.
1: what they're all doing. Yeah, It's crazy.
3: It's, you know, they pay more money. It's not a CG extravaganza. So you can actually like spend the money on actors and locations and like normal movie stuff. <laughs> and, uh, which is cool. I'd still rather make shark movies. So, but I'm right now I'm learning how to produce. So I'm producing Christmas movies this year. So that's what I'm working on. I'm learning how to produce because I'm trying to make some independent films um, as a director. And that's very hard to do if you don't know how to produce films.
1: <laughs> so. Well, we saw that you have the uh, the documentary about the that area of Louisiana that's like vanishing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I worked on right out of school. Just um, I knew a lot of architecture students. Okay. And they were all going out there and talking about the beach that w- they were staying on. Um, and So that was um, just kind of like me getting my, you know, finding my footing, I guess, in film a little bit. And so it was fun. I don't, I don't like doing documentaries. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm editing one right now. And I only took the job because I was like, well, I guess another editor had to quit. They got another job. And so I was like, well, since it's just finishing it, I'll do it. (laughs) But um, they're very, very difficult and also take forever. And I don't like to work on one project too long, which is another reason I like the shark movies. They're, there's a lot and they yeah. change constantly and they're very fast. The Christmas movies too. But um, I, like, I like to do a movie quick in just a few
0: months. So,
1: Well, documentaries, Al, can you guess why it takes so long to edit a documentary?
0: Because all or most of it is real. Sure.
1: I mean, that definitely plays into it. Yeah. It's like the amount of footage you end up with is a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot. So, you know, if you've got 100 hours of footage, where do you find an hour and a half movie in that? Yeah, right? Your face. (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. It's hard because with like, you know, a narrative movie, it starts with a script. But a lot of times with documentaries, it'll start with an idea and then they shoot a ton of footage and then they write it once you're already editing it. And then you kind of it's like this uh, you're like constantly starting over. <laughs> Almost
2: uh, yeah, with yeah. it,
3: and it's um kind of kind of cool in a way, but all, it just takes so long, <laughs> it takes so so long, and doesn't pay as well. <laughs>
1: um, there you go. Now you're getting the pacing.
0: There yeah. <laughs> Next question: How much did you use CG before you got the remote control shark fin? Ooh,
3: I love this question. I used. CG, just on my first movie that I directed um, for for the fins specifically, and so there's well, there's CG, which is like the three D sharks that you see in all the movies, but then there's two D, which is the the fins. I call it the gray Dorito, where you know the 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 fake one going through the water. I hated it. I hated. (laughs) I hated it. And so after my first movie, and I'd also edited like Swam Shark and Ghost Shark. And that was the same thing with that s- stupid gray Dorito. And um, I didn't want my movies to have the gray Dorito anymore. So I really, really went to bat to try to get the producers to commission a remote control shark fin. And hmm. they had tried to find one to rent, but they didn't exist. And they were like, all the special effects companies were like, yeah, that doesn't, that's not a thing. It doesn't work. And so we found a company here in, I'm in Louisiana. We found a company in, in Baton Rouge that they they did, they do like usually specialty masks. Like they didn't design the the White Walkers, but they, they have like the contract on making like the White Walker mask in Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're really, really legit well-known mass company and they were trying to get into special effects. And I told them what we needed and it's a group of like engineers and they were like, Oh yeah, we can do that. And so a couple weeks later I checked in and they were like, okay, so we see why this has never worked now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really nervous and they were like, but we have some ideas and we'll either like succeed and it'll be a great success or we'll totally fail. and It'll be a total failure. So they came out with the um, the shark fin, and it they put it in the water and it worked. And I never looked back. We <laughs> we used it for every movie after that. And it actually, even though it's complicated to make and expensive to make, uh, ended us like like it saves a lot of money because each one of those fake shots of the fin cost a couple hundred bucks to make, hmm. and if you do it twenty or thirty times, it really adds up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and yeah. that when we saw Santa Jaws for the first time, which was when we did our episode about it, mm-hmm. and we we were watching that and I and I was like staring at the screen really hard, going, Is like, is that a real fin And I was just amazed because it didn't look like, you know, the Great Dorito. So I mean yeah. like, I was oh, like yeah. either they figured out how to animate this fantastically or they're doing something that I've don't understand yet.
3: <laughs> I, I, it's super duper important to me to use as much practical effects as I can in the movies. Cause they always, it always looks better. And then mm-hmm. whenever I use CG, I try to blend the best that I can. So like when people get like, when the shark comes out of the water and like grabs somebody and pulls them in, I actually have like a guy in a green suit come out of the water and grab them and pull them in. So their clothes move and the water moves and all those great things. Um, and it just looks so much better whenever you do it for real, Every you know, however you can, um, as much as you can. And so um, that's a super important. I think it, like, makes a huge, huge difference, ultimately. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: I also wanted to say, if I made the remote control shark fin, I would get, like, a remote control thing that you could just drive under the water, then just tape a shark fin to it. So that it was a remote control shark fin? (laughs) That's probably what I would So
1: you've solved the problem. See? (laughs) They should have come to you, man.
3: (laughs) You know, it's funny whenever we put, because the shark fin, if you look at it, you can kind of see it sometimes. It has a tiny clear antenna on it. But whenever you put the hat, the Santa hat on it, it lost its signal
0: and it oh, no. couldn't,
3: it couldn't do all the things so you would like cut a tiny hole in the santa hat and like <laughs> pull the little antenna through and try to get it to to work with the hat on and also we were shooting in a marina that was full of radios and so it had a bunch of radio interference and the fin would get <sighs> oh, <no>. really
2: confused
1: <laughs> oh no yeah we noticed uh, the the antenna too when we were cuz we've mm-hmm. been watching them, cuz we have the dvd set but then we found that, like, it does kind of stream it what looks about, like, HD if you watch it on, like, uh, Mill Creek's Movie Spree thing. Mm-hmm. So we've been watching it on that, and I was like, I think I think that's the, the antenna. And I was like, well, it makes sense why they would then do a Christmas one, then you put a hat on it, you hide the, the antenna. Right. But I think that that would, yeah, that would muffle the signal. Yeah. Hey, did you notice that, the antenna? No, I
0: don't know. If I did, I probably forgot.
1: Yeah, it's like barely—you can barely see it, and only in some shots.
3: It's only yeah. It's like nearly invisible, so you really, really have to look for it. I guess I shouldn't have mentioned it because now people look for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I guess we—I mean, we look for those things, you know. We yeah, have. Right. Uh... We have friends who do podcasts who are like, you know, we, you're always talking about how you got, like, the tingler on Blu-ray, and you thought it was amazing you could see the strings. But why would you want to see the strings? Right. Because like, I want to know how they did it, and I want to know these things.
0: <laughs> I, I love um, bats in black and white movies since... They look so rubber and you can just see the strings. They're like, we, wee, wee, wee. wee mm. Yeah, they go, they go like that. Yeah. <laughs> Their exactly the about. wings stay in the exact same shape. They yeah. are just so non real. Yeah. It is so funny. And
1: Al studied bats. He knows. He'll call it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I kind of look for strings in black and white movies, since you can clearly see the little shine on them from white.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing, too, when when people ask about our show, you know, and they're like, how how does Al handle these movies? Like, my kid can't watch this, or what, you know, and and it's like, well, when he was four, he was working on a monster movie, so, like, he was on the set, and we had the puppet, you know, and so he understands this he's been in them he's like he's seen the editing and everything so he knows what's going on I think that makes a big difference you know
3: yeah I know that I growing up like my my dad would watch movies like you know Predator and all sorts of movies always watch the old Godzilla movies and King Kong movies and um I was never scared of him because he would like laugh at them and like give commentary on them and like it didn't feel real and or scary. It just felt cool, you know, mm-hmm. because of the way he reacted to it. I guess. I think. I don't know if some people are like just kind of like naturally more scared of that that sort of stuff, or if it's easier for some people to kind of like suspend their disbelief in things. But um, yeah, I was watching like scary movies whenever I was like a toddler, and they never really. You got to start young, maybe.
1: <laughs> that, I think that may be the key. I certainly yeah. did.
0: Oh, um. speaking of Godzilla, Dad, it was so amazing he found in one of the Godzilla movies, it was, like, one frame where you could actually see above the, like, set. You could just see above the set with the oh. lights. It was just, like, one frame. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: This is why I spotted the antenna, Misty, because, yeah. like, I'm, I'm always going... We're, we're. I don't remember what Godzilla movie it was, but the camera just gives a little flick and you get in the top corner, you just see above the backdrop, yeah. you know, and I paused it so I could show out like, okay, let's get a perspective here. So you understand this is like a warehouse and here's the guy in a suit, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. and I mean, that's helped him get through at least all of the weirdo movies we watch because he knows, yeah. you know, it's a guy in a suit or yeah. whatever.
0: Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, since I know that the Godzilla's a like guy in this suit just walking through a tiny city, but I love seeing when people are running, they're actually just tiny people. So you can totally see that they're added on. Oh. It's just yeah. like around the, yeah, the miniatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just. It just looks so weird.
3: Yeah. It's crazy how they had to do it because they used to have to do it in like a little bit in front of the camera with like glass plates. And then they would also combine things in on the film, um, the film itself as well. But the glass plates are really cool. And we actually still call, um, whenever I give a VFX artist something to work on, actually it's still called a plate, even though it's digital.
1: <laughs> did you, when you were in film school, were you, were you shooting? And I mean, you said you went to fine arts, but like when you were doing the video installation stuff, did you work on film? Did you shoot film at all? I was just
3: just past it. Our first assignments were um, more. It was like more film destruction work, if that makes sense. Okay, like we would yeah. like draw and paint on film. Um, yeah. But I was. It was just beyond that. So we um, they had just gotten a bunch of new like digital gear, and so I just missed film. So I haven't really shot anything, any imagery on film.
1: I mean, when I went to and I started in film school in 2008, so it was like I was part of the last group that shot on 16 millimeter at Columbia okay. College, Chicago. And so it was like we had just the dregs of the equipment. It was like, this is the stuff we haven't thrown away yet. Have fun. Good luck. It was a nightmare. I mean, it <laughs> it helped in editing. Like I look at digital editing differently.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But other than that, I'm like, I would never shoot on, like, I would not recommend anybody ever shoot on film for that. And when they'd be like, yeah. you should, you guys should do more, like, effects shots where you kind of, where you do that, you block off part of the camera and you, like, then shoot, you know. Um, I never did any of that in-camera yeah. effects. Forget that. Right. Like, you could <laughs> do that in after effects and stuff. There's, there's no way.
3: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Effects are, boy, <laughs> it's not the same on well, I guess if you could digitize film now, but you know, like before digitizing, <laughs> gosh, what a whole, it's a whole different world.
1: Yeah. Occasionally a student will be like, I was thinking I should shoot this on 35. I'm going to shoot a movie over the summer. I'm thinking 35. I'm like, you don't you dare like you, <laughs> you shoot digital because yeah, I mean, you can shoot part of it on an iPhone. Like it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or are we to the we to the actual, like, individual movie questions?
0: Yeah. We're moving on to Zombie Shark, with Jason London as non-Jason London. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In Zombie Shark, were the sharks or laboratory CG? If the sharks weren't CG, then how did you get the shark bite on the zombie shark?
3: Mm,
0: the sharks were CG on the—wait, the what on the zombie shark? Which part of the zombie the- shark?
1: Like but. the one on the beach? Or are you talking about the yeah. beached
0: shark? When, when it gets bitten, the bite on it. I I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. That one was. So we did for that one have a couple
3: of practical effects. Not as much as I wanted on that one, um, but we did have a giant rubber shark with the bite taken out of it for the beach.
0: Yes, rubber yeah. things. And <laughs> so we had
3: we had that, and then the other thing we had that was a real practical effect was. You know, at the end, whenever they pull the girl out of, spoiler alert, when they pull the girl out yeah. of the shark body, we had like a tunnel built with like foam and guts inside. What? And so we were cutting through foam, like a foam tu- like tube and pulling her out of the foam tube. And she was completely covered in blood. It was very cold that day too. She was freezing cold. yeah so that that was for the two practical shark things that we did in that everything else was cg Mm. for that one including the fin
1: what about the um there's the there's like the decapitated shark head that they find in the weeds so like a a hand puppet i
3: forgot about that yeah squiggles (laughs) Squiggles. you're right no i forgot completely about squiggles he we call him squiggles because he would he was animatronic we had like wires run i completely forgot about him but yes, that was a practical effect. And he was so much fun. I love that thing. And mm-hmm. we uh, we <laughs> we had a great time with him. And we just buried the wires in the sand and put them on the sand or you know, hide the wires and like he he did the little chomps. It was great. So yeah, yeah, we did yeah, have yeah. that made as well. There's more practical than I than I thought about in that one. But yeah, yeah, squiggles. And we uh, we name all of them. The one on the beach we named sushi. Sushi. <laughs> We've had a a rubber shark in almost every movie and it's like sushi one, sushi two, just whatever sushi we're on. <laughs> yeah, Squiggles was great. I I brought him to an event though and I somebody stole him or something. <sighs> he went missing. Oh, no. But then I think somebody might have found him recently. It was such a strange thing. I was like giving a talk or something and I brought him and then he was gone.
1: <laughs> oh no. See, I assumed, I don't know, because I just looked for the simplest answer. I was like, I don't know, it's probably an arm and like it's, you know, like up under the sand or something.
2: You know, we thought so. about
3: doing that, but yeah, I think ultimately they were the, on that one. It was our first time working with that special effects company, and I think they're really trying to impress us. So they uh, <laughs> talked okay. about a puppet, but then they were like, we can give it a shot. And they they did a great job.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like our favorite part of it.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you had. Oh, and yeah, he wanted to know yeah. about the laboratory. the laboratory at the end of the dock, whether that was composited or not.
3: Yes. All the shots of it from the outside, it was completely made up, and we found a long dock. So the dock part of it was all real, and at the end was just like a gazebo out in the middle of the water, and um, it was all shot here in South Louisiana on a giant lake called Lake Pontchartrain. So at the very end of this long bridge, we just covered the green, the gazebo, in a green screen, a giant green screen, and then, hmm. yep, yeah. and then in the end, well, the actors would walk in front of it, and then we replaced it with the um, the CG building.
1: You'd mentioned something too that I'd wanted to ask about because we were—I don't remember what one—we were watching, like Ozark Sharks, one of them. But there's all the people on the beaches, and I'm convinced every time I watch one, I'm like i bet they're cold i don't know like is it really cold when you're shooting on the beaches yes
3: yes every single one of these was shot in the middle of the winter because they they all screen in the summer That's even fair. Santa and jaws screen in the summer and so we would shoot them in sometime between december and february and it some days it would be okay because it's pretty warm here generally but it would get down to like 30 degrees and it's if you know, 30, I know that you guys are up north and that doesn't sound that <laughs> cold, but <laughs> when you're in a bathing suit, it's pretty cold, I think <laughs> for people, especially if they're in the water.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. And it's always like little, like, like small women in bikinis that I asked to jump into like 30 degree water. And, but when on a movie set, you, you have to have somebody called a water safety person and they, um, if it's below a certain temperature they ask, they keep asking the person their name every 30 seconds, and as soon as they forget their name, they pull them out of the water. And so, sometimes it happens really fast and we can't put them back in the water. It's just like whatever we got on film we got. Yeah. Like on Santa Jaws, whenever, you know, when Georgia goes into the water and she gets pulled in, she had a lot of things she had to do and we practiced for a really long time. Whereas like you fall, you turn, you grab, you stab, and then you get pulled under. And she practiced it a hundred times on dry land and she was like, I'm ready. But the water was really cold and she fell in and you could hear all of the air leave her lungs. And she was like, oh, like just, you know, and she just, and she just did it all at like lightning speed. And we pulled her out and she was shaking and we had to put her in a shower to warm up. And then like, she was done for the day after that. She couldn't work again after that. She was gotten too cold. But she did it as soon <laughs> she did everything. And it was like, whatever we got, we got. But it is cold. Yeah, it's cold.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a 12-day and shoot is, Alistair, 12 days is nothing to make a movie.
3: It's very fast. Yeah. And then also the hard thing about it is, of course, a lot since there's shark movies, it mostly takes place outside. And the winter, of course, is the shortest days of the year. Ah, so yeah. we're forced to shoot you know, from, like, as soon as we can, as soon as the sun, there's enough sun, uh, sunlight, and then we're always rushing and hoping to get one more shot in before the sun sets, because they're only, like, you know, nine or ten hour days of that time of year. It's, it's, every time I'm, like, looking at it, I'm, like, this is the shortest day of the year,
0: (laughs) But I also wanted to ask, so, like, you know when the shark jumps out of the water and eats a person? Mm -hmm. When a The person is looking at the shark, and you sometimes see the shark, but you don't see the person, like, seeing out of their eyes. The The point of view shot. Yeah. The shark jumps out of the water, and then it cuts off before they eat them. Every time the shark jumps out, it looks like the exact same motion, just there's a different background. Oh,
1: so are you asking if the POV shots of, like, the shark mouth are the same... POV yeah. shot used in multiple movies?
0: Just the background's different? Oh yeah, I, yes, you're right.
3: We do, if we have the same, cause we use the same animator on a lot of the movies, especially we use the same animator from Ozark sharks all the way to Santa Jaws. Mm-hmm. So we did, we once they create an animation for like shark coming towards camera, then they'll save that animation and they'll reapply it to different movies so, like, especially if it's the same kind of shark. So, like, if it's a bull shark, we already... We, oh, we already own a bull shark jumping out of the water. So, it's, like, a way to for us to save some money and get more shots to reuse those. And we do. We change the background, and we'll just shoot a different plate. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Good call, bud.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: good
0: eye. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hmm? <laughs> I mean, it helps that, you know, we've watched these movies a bunch.
0: Yeah, since it doesn't, like more than once in one movie so after looking at it a bunch of times i realized that the shark looks like the exact same shark doing the exact same motion yeah and but watching them all of them a couple times they each had it so i watched it so much times that i eventually it was just looks so much the exact same to me so i just yes
1: yeah, and, I mean, mm. we watched the we watched all four one a night, four nights in a row this week. So, oh
3: my gosh, yeah. <laughs> no yes. wonder you noticed. <laughs> He's
1: paying very close gosh. attention. Yeah. You
3: caught me. Yeah, yeah. You know what uh, <laughs> like for for like Ozark Sharks and like so I have all the movies on a hard drive because I edit them as well. And let's say like Mississippi River Sharks, like those are both bull shark movies where the bull sharks mm-hmm. in a river. So it looks kind of it's similar settings, the same kind of shark. And so if I'm editing and I'm like, I wish I had a shot like this, I'll go back and check through all of the VFX shots in Ozark Shark and be like, oh, good, we do have a shark, a bull shark swimming underwater through a shadow or whatever, or like hitting a post underwater. And so we did – like those two movies, we were like, let's stick with the bull shark and we'll see how many shots we can reuse because it's more, you know, bang for the buck.
0: I also – did realize in Mississippi River Sharks, um, when you saw the shark underwater, it was just a normal shark swimming around because I saw the fish with it. And then I saw another, like, tiny shark come under one of the shots. <laughs> it was just... A shark gracefully swimming in the water? So it's like, you're, yeah, that's definitely not. That's <laughs> definitely not fake. That's a real shark. Yes, because we
3: also yeah. bought a bunch of stock footage of bull sharks and put filters on top of them so the water would look murky, like like river water. Mm-hmm. And so we bought those for Ozark shark and used them again, too, for Mississippi river Shark. So you're right. You... You caught me, man. (laughs) Yes. um, I reused all of the stock footage and I reused any shot I could Um, because it's good to, you know, it's not always good to see more shark like in in, with a movie like Jaws where it's actually scary. But since my movies are a lot more kind of like action adventure movies, it is good to see the shark and so for the action scenes, you know. Hmm. So it is like, it, it was nice for those to be able to reuse... A lot of the same stuff, but yeah. I didn't think anybody
2: would notice what you got me. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: on it's just on our show that's a compliment yeah. though. So yeah. like
0: <laughs> it's,
1: it's not Al going, Misty, how come you are <laughs> such a lazy filmmaker? <laughs>
0: no. It's just that desperate filmmaker. When, I yeah, it's I feel just that. that when I like a movie so much, I pay attention to it so closely, that it's not on purpose, but I realize things like that, Yeah. so that means I like your movies. (laughs) Oh, thank you. When I see things like that.
3: I know exactly what you mean. Every time I watch a movie, it's like a different experience, and I see more every time. I know know exactly what you mean. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good eye, my dude. Did you have any more about zombie sharks? Um,
0: yes. One more.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I actually had nothing to do with the writing of the questions. I am looking at them for the first time ever.
0: These are great questions. I love them. Mm -hmm. Next one is, was there a real storm in Zombie Shark? If not, how did you do it?
3: Ah, okay. So this is another, remember how earlier I said that there was a a while for these movies where they wanted to make every movie not just a monster movie, also a disaster movie? This was during that time. And so they, at the time, like not like a, an argument we had more they're like, you have to have a disaster element in it. And I was like, isn't the zombie sharks a disaster? Like, <laughs> <but> it's, <laughs> it's a bunch of zombie sharks. Um, and so they were like, no, it needs to be like a storm or a weather event. And so I was like, okay. So we jam packed a storm in there. And some of the, actually, does not even rain. Gosh, I, I haven't watched the Hopping Shark in so
2: long.
1: I'm I'm thinking that they talk a lot about it, but I don't remember rain. There may be, like, tarps yeah, that get blown just, around, but I don't...
2: I
3: think
0: that it... I, you know what? I don't think we did have rain. Yeah, because I just... I looked at the storm. It was like, that kind of looks like a storm, but the rain looks a little different from the storm. Do you remember the
1: part where it rains? Do you remember where this is?
0: It was just like um a part where they looked up at the storm i was like the rain doesn't look like it's coming out of the clouds that's weird i think they were just cg clouds actually like a shot of cg
3: clouds yeah yeah Yeah. it that that was a weird one and then yeah the the cg clouds and then i remember now we also had a a radar screen that someone was watching with, like, a storm coming on the radar screen. Hmm. So that would just kind of, like, made it as more of a story point, and it doesn't actually rain. Um, But, yeah, that one was tricky. We kind of jam-packed a lot into that movie that didn't pay off, if you will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that was your first, and I was reading that with that, you were the first woman to direct... A sci-fi original movie
3: that's right yes yeah i found out on the last day that i was shooting it like an hour before we wrapped um i was so excited because it was like the last day of directing my first movie and then they were like oh by the way we just talked to sci-fi and they say that you're the first woman to direct one of these originals and i was that's like crazy what what a great day
1: <laughs> yeah that's amazing i figured like because i was gonna ask if that was a thing where you know in pre-production you're going into meetings going yeah okay i mean to be the first woman to do a sci-fi original i'll put in a storm whatever you want like sure. you know like i'll play by your rules but yeah. i mean they didn't even tell you till last day <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah it
3: was just like a total side note sort of thing and it's crazy cuz i was like am i cuz i was like there's hundreds of them and i was like how's that possible but i looked it up and yeah sure enough i mean i can't find any other
1: i mean ones. i couldn't believe it when i read it i was like that yeah. That can't be true, but I, I also couldn't thoroughly. find any.
3: Yeah, yeah, because like sci-fi was like, yeah, we're pretty sure, and then I, I was like, I don't know, and I checked through like just you know the, I think on Wikipedia just like a list of all the Sci-Fi Channel original um, movies, and I was like, I don't see any female names. Uh, lots of lots of Davids and. Uh, <laughs> but, uh,
0: <laughs> Here's a really funny, like my favorite line from Zombie Shark. What is, did that guy just have a rocket launcher? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly the part.
1: <laughs> Jason London again, running by with a rocket launcher. It's
0: like, Did that guy just have a rocket launcher? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy that says that line,
3: Roger, is so funny. I can't remember his character name. Shame on me. What was it? But oh, gosh, he's hilarious. He's so funny. Every time he said a line, I was cracking up. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: he's he's really funny. Do you remember his name now?
2: Um
1: He's the guy who like runs the hotel on no, the I bar don't. and he leads an attack on a beach. No, which is I one don't. of my favorite things in like shark movies of this sort where you have the you have characters who are like, Let's go fight the sharks. But like yeah. they have to, or you don't have a movie, but like logically you go, Well don't don't go over there though. Right. Like just <laughs> don't. <laughs> and then there's <laughs> no problem.
3: <laughs> over time it's always been a an issue of like well, why don't they just stay away from the water? So every time we write one of these scripts, it's always like a we need reasons to get people to the water. Either they're like trapped or they don't know, or like whatever the situation is. <laughs> but uh, that's always an issue. It's like with shark movies, is like, why are they in the water?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean like Ozark Sharks, Ozark Sharks is my favorite. I don't I don't know. Al, what's your favorite? Ooh.
0: Zombie Shark and Mississippi River Sharks. They're both really, really funny.
1: Oh. Jason London, right? It's Jason all the Jason London? London? Yeah. Okay.
0: Even yeah. though he does say zombie shark does not count.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to definitely send him this episode.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, you know, Ozark Sharks, like, there's a good reason for them to constantly be on the water. Every time they go, yeah. okay, we've saved so-and-so, somebody else is missing. It's like, they, they're they trying to find their parents. Once they find their parents, cool, let's get away from the water. Wait, where's where's our brother? You know, and yeah. they have to keep going back.
3: Ozark Sharks, I'm I, for me, my favorites, I'd say, I'm torn between, like, Ozark Shark and Santa Jaws. Those are my two favorites.
1: I mean, Santa Jaws, we showed my entire family over Christmas.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: (laughs) Like we had it going while opening presents.
0: It's great. It's fun.
3: Uh, I had a phone interview the other day with a fellow that's writing a book specifically about Christmas horror movies. And he has a chapter on Christmas shark movies. And I was like, how many are there? And he was like, two, (laughs) there's two of them. And he sent me the other one and it's just like independent film. That was made for like $7,000, and it is so funny and great, and I loved it. Um, oh. It's called Ancient Beasts, Snow Sharks. It's really
1: oh. good. <laughs> Ooh, Snow it's, Sharks.
0: Snow Sharks. Have we watched that before? No,
1: that sounds really um, familiar. It I've, really does. Is or it like or just, is it Avalanche Sharks? Mm. Is
0: it just like sharks in the snow yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. We watched that. You may I have. Think, yeah. <laughs> I totally remember that movie.
1: all right what do you got man
0: um okay this is one that i really think i like this question okay was the head in the water and mississippi river sharks made of foam if not what was it made of were all the rest of the floating body parts made out of the same thing as the floating head if not what were the others made out of
3: that is a great question so The floating head was not made of foam. That one was made of silicone and it was hard to get it to float because it was very heavy. Here's the problem with floating body parts is, (laughs) it's a fun (laughs) sentence. Um, If they're made of foam, they sit, like if this is the surface of the water and they're made of foam, they sit on top and it's hard to get them to sink. And if they're made of silicone, they sit on the right underneath the surface of the water, and it's hard to get them to float. Mm. It's tricky. So you, if it's made of foam, you have to like tie it to a string and drop an anchor and pull the string so that the it goes underwater a little bit, so it's not just sitting on top like a duck. Wow. <laughs> um, and then the silicone, you have to put on like something underneath it to help it float. So the head, that one, because it's like a more realistic looking head and that one was silicone and you know what the funny thing about it was the company that we got the body parts from they were like we only have men's heads and I was like okay well here's what we'll do we'll put a wig on the actress put a wig on the actress we'll put a big hat on her we'll put sunglasses on her and lipstick and so she'll match the head we'll match her to the head (laughs) <laughs> and so we put a bright red wig on her in the whole nine yards um, so that you couldn't tell it was a man's head.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, here we go. Mm, yeah. yeah.
0: In Mississippi River Sharks, there was a res- reference to Santa Jaws. Did you have Santa Jaws planned or is that how you came up with Santa Jaws?
3: That's actually how we came up with Santa Jaws. And Sci-Fi Channel, they saw Mississippi River Sharks and they really liked it. And they were like, you guys mentioned a movie in there and like called Santa Jaws. And that's what we want to see. So they saw Mississippi River Sharks and then they were like, now make that movie that you mentioned. (laughs) And so it was so much fun in writing Mississippi River Sharks because me and the writer, we just kind of sat down and talked through um, what, like, made up shark titles for a long time.
0: <laughs> I, I <laughs> didn't realize that all of the movies that are shark bite movies are actually all of the movies we watched.
1: Some of them, anyway.
0: Some of them.
1: Well, okay, well, Prawn of the Dead, kind of <laughs> zombie shark.
0: Zombie <right>? shark, <gasps> shrimp. <laughs> hey, you said they were shrimp.
1: Oh, no, yeah, no, that's they fair. They
3: are. Yeah. Yeah. But of the dead yeah zombies yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so then sharks and the Ozarks what Shark that? of the Covenant yeah. that's one you still have to make
0: yeah oh my gosh was that, that supposed some... to be something
1: Well, yeah well I, yeah you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is so we'll have we spend too much time watching shark movies to watch things like Indiana Jones so there are definitely yeah. gaps in his knowledge that's for gotcha. sure
3: Well, you have plenty of time to check it out, but definitely (laughs) check out Indiana
0: Jones.
1: (laughs) Santa Jaws comes from Mississippi River Sharks, confirmed.
0: And I planned this just right to have Santa Jaws come right after that question.
1: (laughs) Well thought out.
0: Where did the idea come from of Santa Jaws coming out of a comic book? Ah,
3: well, I think that it was kind of a little bit of backwards constructing there. So whenever the network said they wanted a movie called Santa Jaws, at the time, the number one show that everybody was talking about was Stranger Things. And so they very, very, very much wanted a sort of Stranger Things kind of movie um, with kids and on an adventure. And so we were like, okay, how can kids fight sharks? And how is a magical shark come to life? And we also... Have you seen Gremlins? Yes. Yeah. And so we took a little bit of a cue from Gremlins of like, what if it's like a Gremlin sort of thing where they go to the, like a, an ancient, they find an ancient artifact in a store or something that all got really condensed, but you know, the grandfather gives a magic pen. Um, and we're like, well, if it's like an artifact, like a pen, maybe they draw it into existence. And so it was just kind of from a brainstorming session, knowing that we had to have a group of kids that would be on an adventure and trying to come up with, we came up with a couple of different ways that we could possibly bring a mythical shark to life. But um, that's the one that sci-fi liked the most that we went
0: with, um, the comic book angle of it. Mm-hmm. I like the first part of the movie, when you get to see the comic in real the live life. live action yeah. part? Oh,
3: isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. That was my very favorite part to film, too, because I really, 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 really love filming fight scenes, mm. Mm. and I love doing fight choreography filming, and, like, any action stuff is always my favorite to direct. It's hilarious. I love I love stuff like that. I love really, like, oh. high action movies, and they're so much fun to watch, and like it, they're, like, the funnest days on set, too, so.
0: Oh, speaking of action things, sometimes I like to just draw like monsters fighting like people but the people are in like a long time from now since they have high tech things oh mm, yeah i also like to do a um, monsters fighting people from the past with swords and shields i do that most of the time but That's sometimes cool. i do do the high tech
3: It would be fun to have, like, a period piece movie that was, like, fighting sharks in, like, the 1700s or something.
1: There's, like, a few minutes of that in um, uh, Sharknado 6, where they've got, like... Yeah! But there's, like, a few minutes, but they're also fighting a Sharknado.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) See, we do. watch a lot of shark (laughs) movies, Misty.
3: (laughs) I thought you guys might have watched a lot of shark movies. Thank you.
1: It was through that fight scene, though, that we ended up going, yeah, we have to watch Santa Jaws because that's how the movie opens. One of our listeners brought it to our attention. I don't remember who. I'm sorry. Brought it to our attention that Santa Jaws was a thing. I was like, I got I to gotta see this. And mm-hmm. I watched just the opening, I don't know, two minutes and was like, all right, I'm shutting this off because we're doing this for the show
2: <laughs> for
1: Christmas. This is what's happening. <laughs> Did you have any other questions about uh, uh, Santa Jaws?
0: Yep. One more.
1: We're actually reaching the end of the questions. Oh.
0: Yeah. I think I have like two questions. For... It's not
1: quite bedtime either.
0: Yay. <laughs> it's been like 13 hours. I don't
1: 13. <laughs>
0: know. Yeah. I mean one.
1: Cadaver cast interviews will just be torture. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where did the idea for the shark in Santa Jaws being attracted only to Christmas items and only being hurt by them, also spoilers?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of how we got that specific idea. Well, we knew that we wanted a shark that throughout the movie would change, like... uh, Lose an eye and get, you know, it gets like stabbed with a candy cane and all like wrapped in lights. And so we wanted it to be a shark that gets kind of destroyed throughout the movie. Because it's I think it's a lot a lot of fun whenever not just people die, but also like sharks get damaged and they, you know, they're like part of the action is them getting messed up. And so we were trying to just like think of different scenarios where the shark was uh, getting hurt by Christmas things. And so just kind of naturally from like trying to figure out how to get the shark tangled in Christmas lights. And Mm. we're like, maybe she's just like going through different Christmas stuff because she likes Christmas stuff because she's a Christmas Mm. shark. Um, So I think it just kind of naturally came from whenever we were brainstorming all of the different gags. So like we have a, um, a required amount of, of gags of different like action moments with the shark that we're required to have. And so it takes like kind of a little brainstorming session with me and the writer um, because they don't, a lot of the writers, they don't really know what we're capable of doing. And so I'll help them as they write because they don't have a lot of time to write the script either. Um, Just like we don't have a lot of time to film it. (laughs) And so as they write, I'll like, I'll say like, here's what we can do. Here's what we can change to make it better. And I'll show it to the VFX supervisor and he'll say like, oh, these are cool. It'd be, we can do something like this too if you want, you know? So um, we, we kind of workshop all that stuff a lot. And based on what we come up with there, a lot of times it informs the rest of the script and like the story points. Um, and I think that's like an example of it is like, well, if she's getting damaged by Christmas stuff, she should be attracted to Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: What's the turnaround for the writers on these?
3: They usually have to do a first draft in two weeks. And then Mm. there's revision that happens after that. And that's different just based on how fast the network gives us notes. But we have a very small pool of writers and they all write extremely quickly. (laughs) Yeah. And before the script, there's always, there's a lot of prep work that takes sometimes months even. Like we'll pitch titles, they'll pick the title they like then we'll do little synopses and they'll pick the synopsis they like. And then after that, we'll do like beat sheets, which is like, just like bullet points. They'll pick the one they like of that. And then, you know, give notes on that. Then we'll do a treatment. And so it, by the time there's a script being written, it's gone through a, a lot of changes of the story already, but uh still it's an extremely fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's a quick turnaround for sure. And like I said, I teach screenwriting and that's that's what I do. So, yeah. you know, to be able to tell my students when they're like, oh, I have three weeks to write this short film, it's like, you know, gang.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> you go to Hollywood, you get 10 weeks to write a feature yeah. once the contract's signed. And now I can tell them when you're working for sci fi, you get two. So, it's yeah.
3: true. <laughs> Lifetime as well. Same thing well. there. Any, any TV movies, it's, I think a lot of um, TV shows as well, too, mm-hmm. that like, you know, those are a little differently structured, but. It's very, very quick. Yeah, you got to be fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it helps, too. Like, if you if you are somebody who works there or knows the formula really well, it's, you know, something that you just chart out and you have that in the back of your mind, which yeah. I do an exercise with my students where we, we talk about Lifetime movies, and then I just on the spot just like pull suggestions. And then we just quickly chart a lifetime movie, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, all right, we're doing a Christmas lifetime movie. Let's go. And then we chart it, you know, like <laughs> what the the plot points would be.
3: I'll send those over to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's true. They're formula movies. So it's like, you know, the script had, it's a, we call them acts. I think technically they're not, you know, it's not quite the right terminology, but there's nine acts with like a commercial break in between each. And so it's like, well, in the first act, it has to have an arc like this. And in the second act, we have to introduce this. And so everything's kind of planned around that. So, you know, I'm not saying writing a script is easy, but it is a formula, at least for these.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool.
0: Oh, instead of going into Ozark Sharks, I actually made up two more questions inside, well.
1: Inside your head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and so Got it. Like, these are all about the part when she stabs the eye Mm -hmm. I did want to ask, what was the eye made out of? How did you get the eye to glow? And how did you get the eye to come out?
3: Yes. Okay, so that was actually a very complicated series of shots. So we shot it in a couple different parts. So first we have the part where the actress falls in the water and she has the candy cane and she goes through all the motions of stabbing it. The second part was we had a giant rubber shark sushi, who we painted Sushi's eye red and put him underwater. And then I was the hand that stabbed it. <laughs> and so then I got in a swimming pool with the, we had like a mechanical effects day it's called at the end of the show where we don't, sh- we didn't shoot the shark during the movie. All the shots with the shark, we shot after the actors had left, unless they interact with it. But. If they don't interact with it, then it was me in a swimming pool or like, (laughs) or the male producer, if it was a guy in the swimming pool doing that, those parts. And so it was my hand stabbing the rubber shark. And then whenever she pulls up the candy cane and there's an eye on it, what it is, is a uh, Christmas ornament, a red Christmas ornament that we drilled a hole through and stuck it on the candy cane. And so she's actually holding up a metal candy cane with a Christmas ornament on it and then the uh, VFX guys made it glow.
0: Weird. Because to me, <laughs> what I thought the answer was, and I was very wrong, it was just, <laughs> the eyes were just um, like a jelly fruit, and then you just put lights inside of it to make it glow. Oh,
1: I see what you're saying. Like a oh, like a yeah. gelatin kind of a... Yeah, like a, okay, yeah.
0: yeah. They do use a lot of like, what's it called? Uh, ballistic jelly
3: or things like that that are squishy on set. And so, yeah. like, yeah, that could have definitely been another way we could have done it. Yeah. It was, just. Was
0: with all of ballistic belly. It just didn't look so much like a, like an ornament.
1: So you're thinking like yeah. one of the, like your, your balls that you have with like the lights in it. When yeah. you like bounce them, they glow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I see mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have worked too, I think. Yeah. You just like took a light, put it in there. That
3: could have been cool for sure. It would have looked yeah. it would have like had a different look. It would've been cool, I think. I like yeah. doing
0: stuff like that with like a practical light. That would be fun. It would probably be like the light would actually be glowing. Right. From the inside. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and this is what yeah. we spend our time doing watching movies is and how did they do that? Let's come up with ways. And I think ever since we were watching The Fly or talking about The Fly the with Vincent Price on the show. Oh,
2: yeah. And
1: he was asking about, like, the noises. And I started explaining to him fully sound, you know. Yeah. And so then we started, like, making noises with things in his bedroom, trying to replicate noises. So that's become a preoccupation for him yeah. of, like,
0: yeah, like, trying whenever, to figure it
1: out when he watches a movie. Whenever
0: I make, like, a monster sound, it's... Not the same. So whenever Dad ed- edits it, he just goes over oh. and does that. And then does, like, a thing to make it sound like the monster a little.
1: He's he's very impressed when we do an episode where we do, like, a goofy monster bit. And I just add in some reverb and, like, change the pitch.
0: He's oh, like, how'd yeah. you do
1: that? You know, oh, my gosh. And
0: it's, like, it's lo- the
1: easiest <laughs> two seconds of editing. I just
0: I love it when you just make my voice deeper. <laughs> like, yeah. a deeper, like... or something like that (laughs) you just make my voice deeper
1: now that we're at 100 i should just make you start editing the show yeah
0: i don't know i don't have any clue what to do (laughs) it's a lot of trial and error anyway you figure it out (laughs) exactly probably not (laughs) (laughs) so what you got man here is my favorite question um, in Ozark Sharks. In Ozark Sharks, were the weapons CG or a prop? If they were a prop, how did you make them? I love
3: this question too. Okay, so they were all props, and what we did, yes. yeah, it was so much fun. So, our special effects company on that one, they made the fin. That was their first movie where they made the fin. And also, we went to them and we said, like, like, this is a movie where we want a ton of improvised weapons like if there was a, a survivalist that had made all their own improvised weapons in the woods, uh, we want a bunch of those, but we don't know what would be easiest and coolest for you guys. So like, based on what you have around, or can you design a bunch of weapons and we'll write them into the script? And they were like, we love it. And so <laughs> we actually had the funnest meeting of all time where I went and I sat with the special effects guys and they'd drawn out just, probably 30 different weapons. It was an insane amount. And they explained- I would love to design them. It was so much fun. They were like, we imagined if you had a tool shed with all bunch of stuff, like what you could possibly put together. And so they, they just went through all of these amazing weapons. And I brought like my visual effects supervisor with me who did the CG. And he was like, oh, I could do something really cool with this one if we do a scan of it where we do something like this. And so I got to sit down with, like, the VFX guy and the special effects guy and just kind of pick all of the props we wanted them to make, which was a blast. And then they did such an awesome job making them. Um, and they designed, like, the cannons. Oh, and you know the gun that's on top of the truck yeah. that they shoot, the uh-huh. harpoon cannon?
0: That was real, and it actually shot harpoons. That actually looked like a giant Gatorade bottle shooting harpoons to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was
3: because it had like little like bottle like air pressure cannons and stuff so it did, yeah like, yeah yeah I know what you mean but those are all practical and a lot of them worked you know the the crossbow that shoots the deer antlers yeah it shot but not really fast They just they went like pew but it was helpful because if you shoot it on film it actually looks good you know um mm-hmm. so they they made a lot of working weapons which was really fun to to have and like play with and they did such a cool job yeah that yeah. that was like i love stuff like that and that was a blast i love that question
1: <laughs> and that's one of the things that i mean obviously we love about ozark sharks but it also starts with the family and like the relationships the like the camaraderie between everybody mm-hmm. there's this wholesome quality to the family the relationship between the grandson and the grandma you really get invested in everybody and then when the first one goes and i I don't want to spoil that. We're not reviewing it here. But when the first person dies, it's like,
2: yeah, not them, you know, and
1: it's like then it's real. And then you go from that of like, well, okay, now what do we do? And then the guy pulls out a trident with machetes and it's like, yes, now we're talking. (laughs) So it's like constantly something new being pulled out of the shed to fight sharks with.
3: That was a fun one. The, The I love the family dynamic, too, and actually the writer for that. She had only ever written Lifetime and Hallmark movies before.
2: Mm. And it
3: was her first shark movie. And I feel like it really comes through in a cool way. Yeah. Because the family dynamic works so well because that's what she typically wrote. And she added sharks to it, which is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In my own writing, like, that's the thing is if the families don't work, if the characters don't work. Nobody cares. When you bring in a monster, it doesn't matter, you know, really. So, like, we got to care. Yeah. And... I just love the, the family in Ozark Shark. So I, that's that's a cool bit of trivia. It makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. Um. Here's an example of why I would like to design those weapons. <laughs> okay, what
1: do you got? You're going to pitch a new um, weapon to Misty?
0: No. Oh. Okay. I'm going to tell her something that was actually pretty cool that I made. It took me a really long time, but I eventually figured out how to, using little pieces of legos together to actually make a piece of lego move like an arm like this oh yeah yeah it just like couldn't i could move it up and down just by reaching into the back that i had a thing i would just pull oh yeah i remember this back and forth that took me a long time to make the arm and it was Mm -hmm. just so connected that it would just all of it would move at once when i turned part of it
1: Yeah, it was like a really cool. It was wild. I was blown away. He like built this Lego thing where you'd like it was like a robot basically and you could reach inside its back and you could control its arms from the inside of it. Yeah.
0: What? That's so cool. I know (laughs) it's so fun.
3: (laughs) That's pretty clever, man. You should do special effects. It's fun. That's what Mm -hmm. that's something if I wasn't directing and stuff that I would love to do is do the special effects stuff. That's really
2: fun.
1: Oh, a friend of ours is putting together a uh, short with a monster in it that was supposed to film this summer. But ugh. yeah, and he's got Al coming into like puppeteer the like the tentacles oh, and stuff. So oh. Oh, he's going to be gonna doing be that.
3: So much fun. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You want to ask this last one? We got one last big old <gasps> yes. question. Yes. This is a multi-parter. Look at this.
0: <laughs> yep. In Ozark Sharks, was the fireworks festival a real thing that people did or did you just get people together to make the festival? And if the festival was a real thing, did the people give permission to use the fireworks or was the shooting done on a different day than the fireworks festival was actually?
3: That was a completely made-up festival. So um, all of the people there were extras and all of the the tents and the fireworks and the decorating around the festival, that was all the art department putting that together. Mm-hmm. So it was all something that we wrote into the script and that our team put together for us. Um, that's something we call like a set piece. So on movies with like low budgets, it's hard to have a lot of big like set pieces, which is like having a lot of extras, having a lot of props that people touch and action beats and stuff and festivals are one of like notoriously (laughs) one of those really really hard things and so it was a really big couple of days I think we filmed the festival over a two or three day period that was a long part of the shooting and it was really fun for me because I really like directing big groups of extras it's really funny because they don't they never read the script and so if you imagine a film, like a field of people and I'm facing them and I've given them places to look out in the middle of nowhere and I'm saying things like, and then the shark explodes, it's giant fireworks and you all applaud. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all like, okay. <laughs> and they're just like, a shark's going to explode in the sky. And I'm like, yeah, but uh <laughs> So it's actually really funny because none of them have any idea what the movie's about when they show up and then they hear stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, go shark. You know,
1: my favorite thing in that <laughs> sequence is there's there are two extras in like one shot where the daughter, she's like running back to the river and she's like, I want to get this last shark or whatever. And there's like two, there are two extras. We're just chatting like they're just standing there, just chit chatting. And, and it just kind of goes by them. And I was like, what were they doing? And I like in the logic of the world that these two people just witnessed all this. And they're like, well, I mean, festival's is good. I mean, we're not going to cancel it, are we? Yeah. You know, And it seems ludicrous, I guess, until we end up in our current situation where people are like, Sure, there's a pandemic, but we can still go to bars, right? Right. You know? <laughs> so it seem it may seem ludicrous, but I buy I buy it logically.
0: We've now learned that um, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, here's something that I really liked. It was the the little girl <laughs> when she had that boat. That boat was really cool. Yeah. It's just a tiny little boat with like oh. a little sail mm-hmm. that was just like floating on the water with a string attached so that you can move it. That was really cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was a cute, I think
0: actually our props department made that too. Or
3: hmm. I might've found, might found it, but it was a cute boat. Yeah. But I like that little gag too, that was cute. And that was a, a friend of mine's kid. And she plays a mom, her mom in the movie too. Oh. But uh, they're both really good actors. She She's in more movies now too, she's really great.
0: How did you get the boat to have the sail stay up and to make the boat float?
3: Ah, okay. So the boat naturally floated. And then what we did to get it to um, move and get sucked under the water is, um, remember I was saying earlier with the body parts where we'll put an anchor down and we'll pull Uh it with a string through the anchor? It's the same sort of effect for that. So anything that floats that we need to get sucked under, we put an anchor with a rope attached to it and pull. It's called a pick point. And then we pull the string and it gets sucked under.
0: Did Um, you actually use the string that the little girl used? No, it was a second string. So there
3: was the the string she was pulling, but then there was also a secret string (laughs) at the bottom of the boat, like underneath it where it was uh, touching the water. Secret string. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you remember in that scene, or it's right after – Whenever there's a guy floating in an inner tube and he gets pulled underneath the water, he did that with his own body. We didn't pull him. He actually, (laughs) I was like, I wonder what it would look like. Can you try to suck yourself through the middle of an inner tube? And I, I didn't think it'd work at all. And he was like, sure. And he did it and just, like, shot to the bottom. Oh I don't know God. how he did it.
1: That's crazy. Oh, my God. See, I would have assumed that it was, like, I don't know, a dummy or something. There was just, like, yank. About. I thought
3: we'd have That's to do great. that. But he's a stunt guy. And he is awesome. And his name's Cosmo. and Stunt guy. That makes sense. Uh, he's so cool. And he actually played the shark in Santa Jaws in the green suit whenever, like, if you watch oh behind God. the scenes and stuff, he's the guy in the green suit. Oh. And he he's so funny and he actually holds the world record for high diving into shallow water he jumped 50 feet he dove off the diving board 50 feet in the air into a kiddie pool with like three inches of water
1: oh oh that and makes me feel really bad <laughs> really?
3: he's awesome like and he's like he's so nuts and the i mean that and like he's the one of the funnest guys and he's just like down for anything. and If he was a
0: stunt guy, that makes sense. Yeah. Since I love stunt guys. Stunt guys can do amazing things. They totally can. They're my favorite people on set, I think.
1: <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to ask Misty uh, here, bud? No. No? Oh, he. we were ranting about... Um, not that mm-hmm. we've stopped ranting about it, but the amazingness of the Shark Bite shirts that all the extras wear... <laughs> In the movie, oh, we love those. Oh, and then Al's here. new favorite thing, the coffee mug.
0: Oh yeah, in Ozark Sharks that we were just talking about, the like sheriff's assistant has a zombie shark mug. That is my favorite thing about that movie.
1: <laughs> I was like, can we get yeah. can we get mugs? Okay. Can we buy shirts? I want a I like, zombie I don't,
0: shark I don't mug. Think
1: Misty's got a shop, but. <gasps>
0: I'll have to see. You got
1: two sales.
3: We used to have <laughs> t shirts for sale online, but that was a few years ago now, so I'll
0: have to check and see if they're still up. I, feel, I was like, she does. I want one.
1: <laughs> I mean, he just got like his first coffee mug.
0: So oh, yeah.
1: I think he's now empowered. You know. It
0: feels it's very- a skeleton on a unicorn, throwing Throwing lightning at the unicorn shooting lightning out of its horn. What? Oh, my God. That's an amazing mug. <laughs> I know.
1: It's the. Uh, it's from Bones Coffee Company. It's their electric unicorn Fruity coffee brand. Fruity cereal? Or
0: whatever. Fruity cereal? Amazing. That's what it's called?
3: <laughs> I like drinking out of mugs better than normal cups. That's, like, almost all I drink out
2: of.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's something about It's, like, you know, just, like, you got the mug and you got the handle. And it's, like, yeah. comforting. But- <laughs> so... Do you want to say thank you to Misty?
0: Yep. Um, again, <laughs> thanks for being on the
3: show. You are so welcome. And congratulations. Well, on the 100th episode, obviously, that's huge. And also yeah. congratulations on the interview. Your questions were amazing. And it was mm-hmm. like the funnest interview I've ever done. So I really, really had a great oh. time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming out. I mean, this is like, again, it's a it's 100. It was big. And we didn't want to just do another us sitting around a table Talking about yeah. any old movie. Oh, so to really? have this opportunity mm-hmm. to talk to one of your favorite filmmakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a filmmaker who you mm. you would say is more of a favorite filmmaker than Misty Tally?
0: I don't know. I, I love I, shark movies. I, that's... <laughs> oh man, what an
3: honor. That is very, very nice. Thank you. Okay, you are welcome. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> Yes, yeah, huge. Thank you so much, Misty. It's it's been a ton of Absolutely. fun.
3: Absolutely. I had a blast anytime. You can interview me anytime, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You guys will be the first person I let know whenever I have another shark movie or something fun coming out.
1: Oh, absolutely! Oh, yes. And if you need extras, although the middle of winter to go down to Louisiana, that sounds like <laughs> a heck of a thing to try to do. Yeah. But if let you guys, us know if you
3: guys happen to be in Louisiana. Do
0: let me know because <laughs> we'll put we have, I film all. If you ever need somebody to see if you can see a practical um, <laughs> effect. Tell me.
1: Elle wants to do continuity for you now. Yeah, (laughs) you're going to be my new
3: quality control guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Alistair, where can our listeners find us online?
0: Patreon.com slash words salad.
1: Our listeners can find us on Instagram at...
0: CadaverCast. Twitter? Cadaver underscore cast.
1: And what about Facebook?
0: The Cadaver Cast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club.
1: Do you want to get us signed out?
0: You've been listening to our special interview with Misty Tally. I'm Elle Burnham.
1: And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And thank you, Misty.
0: Thank you. We love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
2: Wee, wee, wee.